The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. It's a sad and somber sports day in this household, but that means it's a good time to, chat, to talk baseball. We'll be doing that coming up next on the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Happy Monday night, everybody. Welcome to the Roadwire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. A day later than usual, but a little uh, a little bit of uh, travel stuff uh, with us, so we decided to uh, flip it a day later. So uh, uh, I'm Scott Jensted, joined as always uh, by Jeff Erickson on uh, what usually Sunday night, now Monday night. We're sponsored by Fantrax. We appreciate their, uh, their sponsorship all year. Uh, Jeff, how's everything with you? Uh, doing a little planes, train, uh, planes and automobiles, no trains in there yet. Uh, but it'd be, uh, it'd be tough, right. to, tough to find a train in there. I guess you could take a, you could take a monorail or one of those trams around the, 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 the LA to Vegas monorail. It's going to happen someday. I promise. But you look uh, kind of like you got your, like your Steve jobs outfit on right now. Uh, it's just a sweater. Uh, I know. Kinda, <laughs> the, the way you're looking, it looks a little turtle. I was like, I thought you're going to like drop yeah. some knowledge on me over there. No, negative. I no, like I it. have no knowledge. I, like I just make it all up on the fly. Looking styling. I like it. Um, so let's uh, let's talk some baseball. Last thing I want to do is uh, talk about any other sport right now, Jeff. So we're going to go ahead and focus <laughs> on uh, we're going to focus on baseball because uh, it's the only thing I can do to keep myself sane at the moment. Uh, it is uh, you know Super Bowl's over. It's a good time to, to talk baseball. You know, I think a lot of people are like focusing on drafts now, uh, kind of moving towards that direction. This is kind of a day where we we do a lot of that. Um, I'm curious before we get into some players, we're going to talk some corner infielders tonight. Some intriguing guys at that uh, that position in the top two hundred. Uh, you obviously will do. We'll do late uh, deep sleeper, uh, deep guys after 200 and, and a couple other podcasts later. We'll talk about the top 200 there. Uh, but, Jim, I'm curious. How do you get ready for drafts? We always talk about, oh, we're doing draft prep. We're doing this. We're getting ready for drafts. What does that mean for you? So starting point for me is in the fall when I start the projections process, um, projections and rankings process. Next thing, uh, and, and I do a couple of slow drafts. Um, I think, you know, one one's a NFC, NFPC 50. Another is uh, a draft champions, but it's this Arizona Fall League, first pitch Arizona Speakers League, so it's not part of the draft champions overall contest. It gets me uh, kind of a little more equipped for the player pool. But And then, like, writing-wise, another thing I do is my annual targets article, which I'm working on right now, oh, nice. uh, using, like, you know, try to find 80th percentile, 70th, and 50th for every category, using the NFPC main event, TGFBI and the online championship is a good starting point there. Not all, it not, doesn't apply to every format. It does, you know, obviously because there's overall contests. Uh, so it's a little different, but I like that it's overall contests because that means you, there's not, there's fewer punning, uh, punning strategies employed. Um, 
although it does illustrate where you might want to punt uh, in some cases. Are you uh, are you far enough along there to know uh, just how much like stolen bases went up last year and how many we need this year? Yeah, uh, well, and whether need is an interesting way of phrasing it too. In fact, I I don't know if you saw my tweet today. I did. I did see your tweet, and I agree. You don't want to. You don't want to have the most stolen bases, but you, you don't want to. Don't wanna, you don't want to suck in them either. It's a it's a tough in between there because overkill means you probably got guys who aren't hitting home runs. So I, I haven't got the number on the twelve teamers yet. I'm, that's my next step. But for the main event last year, if you want to finish in the 80th percentile in stolen bases, you needed 187 stolen bases. Wow. To give you a, a point of reference, the year before, if you wanted an 80th percentile, you needed only 129 stolen bases. That is a, uh, that's a crazy jump. Yeah. If you wanted to hit 50th percentile last year, it was 160 stolen bases. So 31 more than the 80th percentile. It's the running equivalent to happy fun ball. Uh, but uh, wait, there's more. Uh, other I, have, I, have, I, have the, I have the online number if you want to throw it in there at the same time, too. Uh, so I, I don't know the online number for last year, but in previous years, is one. You know, the year before is 134 was the 80th percentile. Was, what is the uh, online? 198 last year was the 80th percentile. Yeah. Sweet sassy molassy. That was my next thing. I ran out of time on the plane today. That is that. I, that's it. I knew we, I, we all knew a jump, and I I, we, I can remember talking on the podcast last year, like, we know it's going to jump, but, you know, not the 50% in the minor leagues or whatever like that we thought it would be. A, that's a that's a big percent right there. That's a, that's a huge jump. You need a you know, you lead a lot more. There's a lot more out there. But um, by looking at that, does it affect uh, what you do with stolen bases? Like, are you going to make sure you get them early? Or are you, uh, how are you, how, how does that make you uh, well, think about drafting? I'm glad you asked that, Scott, because the Please, one thing I did it. tweet about was, like, the top 10 in stolen bases last year uh, in the main event uh, and in TGFBI, it actually runs a little different. But in the main event, the top 10 in stolen bases came nowhere near cl- cashing in the money. Um, not even remotely close. Uh, like the best one in the top 10 was finished like 250th overall. And there were a lot of them in the 700 club with me. And good players too, by the way. I won't name names because I don't <laughs> think that's fair. But big names finished, had some bad teams that had high stolen base numbers. I, I, I think it's not completely correlative i think that's a little bit coincidental just the top 10 part but because also the bottom 10 finished nowhere near the money either which shouldn't right. be a surprise but so you can't punt it in the main event um also talk a little top 10 percent or just top 10 teams top 10 period um top 10 percentile it's still not great you know there there are numbers in the there are some double digit number finishes there some some caches uh but you know some caches within leagues for sure uh, but it was interesting. You don't want to. And the thing is, here's the thing: the stolen bases affect one category, maybe one and a quarter, maybe a quarter of help in the runs. Does nothing for homers, RBI, or batting average. Nothing at all. There's, it's just, it's just a, it's a one-off event. Whereas a home run helps you in four events, four right. categories. Um, so, do you yeah, take it, what you learn there as those teams probably should have sat all their stolen base guys, or at least a stolen base specialist the last six weeks of the season? Uh, maybe, or maybe they drafted Estuary Ruiz along with Ronald Acuna and it was, you know, overkill and they didn't get the, they didn't get the power to go with it or something. Uh, but then that, you, I mean, you just sit Ruiz or drop in the last two months, right? Right. I suppose. But you know, the thing yeah. is I didn't, <laughs> uh, I'm just looking at the chat right now. Yeah, sure. Sean Childs is uh, Sean Childs, who had SD Ruiz in like every league, is uh, is talking about his three hundred stolen bases. 
I was trying not to talk about you, Sean. I love that you're listening, Bo. I think that's awesome. That's uh, because Sean's done way more in the main event than I've ever done. So I'm yes, it's not Hall, a criticism way, of Sean. NFBC Hall of Famer Sean Childs. Is yes, that's right. In. That's yes. right. Way knows way more than me about how to do well in the main event. But I'm just saying, it, it, you know, it, it was great. But, uh, you know, it's just you don't want to have overkill. Also, yeah. you know, personal experience, this isn't a, a, an overall contest, but the Rotowire Staff Keeper League, 18 teams. I finished dead last in stolen bases and won the league. It can, right. You know, it's – and I wasn't trying to necessarily. In fact, I traded for Starling Marte at our trade deadline. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, at the same time, you know, it's not what I wanted to do and it's not what I – but uh, the lesson learned was that it's okay if you're not amazing there, I think, more than anything. Same thing with saves. I feel like yeah. you got to have them. But you don't want to overkill them. You don't want to spend. I don't want to spend two picks in my top ten on a closer. On closer, I'll tell you that much. Um, the one-off categories. I'm not gonna. I might. I'll get one in the top ten. I don't want to get completely left out on closers, but I also don't want to overkill there because you're you're costing yourselves in four other categories when you do that. So that that that's kind of my takeaway there. And stolen bases is almost the most singular event you can have. I mean, it's it's great for that one category, but it doesn't help you elsewhere. Would you like the flip side? Yeah, I know you had a team that was one of the bottom in stolen bases. Yep. The flip side is I, uh, I, uh, I finished 57th overall, I believe, with 55 points overall in stolen bases. I saw that. I did see that. And I had I, fin- I lost my league by, I think, two points on the last day or whatever it was, and I had two points in stolen bases. So you uh, – you, you don't want overkill, but you certainly don't want underkill either. It's underkill a word. Right. I don't know if it is, but you don't want that. Um, I had my lowest category last year. I'm looking at it right now. ERA was 525 points in the main event, except for stolen bases, 55. Like that's, uh, that's rough mm-hmm. right there. That's, uh, the, you, there are, there are certainly extremes. You don't want to be in either one, I think is the key here. Yeah. Well, get the first pick and it's not a problem. Uh, <laughs> get the first pick and it is not a problem. That is true. We're going to talk about some guys. Uh, might be the middle infielder show next week. We're talking about some guys that might uh, might solve those problems too. There's a lot of uh, there's a lot of big chunk stolen base guys if you don't get Acuna. So there are ways to deal with it. But mm-hmm. um, I think I've learned that I don't want to leave the early rounds without any. I don't want to like have to hunt them down in terms of a big. That's guy. right. I want to I want to be able to like have some early so I can get like ten and twelve and fifteen and twenty guys, not have to get the try and find the sixty seventy guy, which you can find, but it's hard to find. Most right. a lot of times they bust and they don't do anything else either. Which, by the way, has always been our lesson. Always been a lesson. Always has been our lesson. Avoid the Billy Hamiltons of the world. Delano DeShields Jr., uh, Malik Smith. Yep. You know, we've all we've all had our ghosts in there at some point in time. And so. I think the key theory is that don't you don't want those guys in the sixth, seventh, eighth round when they get pushed up. Like if you grab one of those guys, like I had, the, I think the first year you and I played the main event, I had Michael Bourne in like the sixteenth round. That turned out great because. There's just in the 16th round, like a guy that doesn't do much but steal a bunch right. of bases. That can work. It's the seventh round in line of the shields when you're panicking and he doesn't do anything that just just kills you. Yeah, uh, that's right. That's right. So, so you know, you do, you do your projections, you write your articles. Um, how do you like get ready for like a main event, like NFBC? Like what is what goes on? Are you just off your projections? That's your that's your rankings, and you're good to go. Or where do you kind of fine tune? No, I, I, well, like I said, I did those first two drafts, and that battle test my projections. You know, I'm like, oh crap, I'm way too high on this guy, or oh god, I totally, I totally underestimated this. And, but yet, I, or who, who is this person that's going at pick 300? Why don't I have him there? Oh, right. I better, better look into that a little bit more. All yeah. of these things are true. Um, no, but then there's like news that happens, and you know, there's also like 
I, it's impossible. I, I want to say I want to have all my own opinions. I don't want to like, I want to do my own work. It's not that I dislike anybody else's work. It's not that at all. So I don't want to copy their work. Yeah. I want to come up with my own opinions, but it's impossible. I'm on Twitter too much. And I respect all these great opinions. Right. There's so much good work being done out there. And I see some of that out there and I have to read it. And then, oh yeah. Okay. Brendan Tuma the other day wrote about uh, Nick Pavetta. I'm like, many that that's that 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 looks uh to be pretty you know that looks like a pretty pretty good point i'm gonna move them up a little bit um you know things like that uh and you know know, a lot of people have been doing this since before the season ended even you know don't call it a mock rob di pietro is way too early meatball draft not a mock (laughs) draft um i'm making a point of that he you know he's always grinding um and yeah how do i keep up with that when i'm doing football i don't know but uh, you know, I, I learned from that though, too, but I also want to do that. So, but I, I get exposed to certain things. I'll read up more on a player. I'll find a certain nugget. I'm like, Oh yeah, that's persuasive to me. Or I'll look, I'll, I'll look at a player and I'll dig in on the stats a little bit more and I'll change my projection. Some or change my rank and I'll figure out where I'm missing too. I think that's the key. It's not just the identifying the players. It's also knowing draft pockets. Yeah, I think that's important. It's uh, for me. It's not only looking at the players, but it's looking at the overall pool. And like you said, pockets. Like if I, I think a key to the draft, and I don't do as in depth projections as you do, or a lot of the really, really, really smart people that I, I listen to podcasts, listen to people. I'm like I don't even know how I compete with these people, but you know what I, I what I do like to do is I I, I got to be able to draft in the draft. I think a lot of people um, the best thing I do best is you know if I need steals, I usually know where pockets are. If I need saves, I know where pockets. I know where I like guys. If I don't get a shortstop early, I know that the, the three guys in round 14 that I like. So I think that being flexible in the draft is probably what I do better than the number crunching and spreadsheets and regression analysis, which I'm not very good at. Right. And I fully admit that there are um, there are people who do that way better than me, way smarter than me. And I I probably will struggle to compete with those people as, as they get better and better. You look at like someone like Phil Dussault and runs his model and stuff. I mean, just going to. He's gonna he's gonna be at the draft table and he's gonna have better info than I am. It's just gonna be the way it is. So I have to kind of adapt in the draft. I obviously do. Uh, I do my. I think what you said before about you know not not liking others' opinions but wanting to have your own is really important because I uh, you know as we do the podcast during the year, like I try not to listen to too much right before we do a podcast because I never want to have someone else's idea in my head and and do the same thing when I draft. I don't look at projections until I kind of look at a player's fan graphs or stat cast their baseball savant whatever it may be. And then when I kind of have my opinion, I'll look over and maybe see if my, my opinion's way off or I'm maybe I missed something. And I think that looking at projections and looking at news and looking at articles and, you know, the blurb and the forecast or the blurb on the Rotowire player page, that sort of thing. Um, I think I kind of look at that at the end and it helps me to see there, there are times I miss something and there are times when I don't see a stat or I don't see a fly ball rate or something that changed in the second half. And I think that I try and develop my own opinions and then just let it morph a little bit as we go along rather than letting it determine what I do. Yeah, that's right. Um, and let's let's bring the elephant in the room. Every fantasy analyst worth his salt, de- you know, decries the use of ADP. But let's face it, it's there. It's in and our it's, face in a draft room, and it's you, way better than it ever is ever. It's, it's better every yeah. year. Like there are ADP ten years ago. I can remember doing it. I, I remember sitting with a couple guys. It's in the NFBC. We're like, you know, let's put our this the five the four DCs we did together and an OC that we did and let's let's make our own ADP because it wasn't on the site. I remember like doing it. We had we're like oh we have eight drafts in here. These are really good numbers. And it's now it's like you click on it, you can go by date, you can go, you can pick your contest. These Type are all people draft. that are yeah. yeah. These are all the people that are paying to play. 
Uh, so you can decry ADP all you want, but these people are playing a play that no, no, nobody's not going to talk about. There are numbers off, and there are there's ADPs where I look at them like there is no way. Um, there's a there's a middle info we're talking about next week, but I think these ADPs crazy. But um, there are uh, those numbers are really good, and you have to know what they are because if you love somebody and they don't go till pick 100 normally, you shouldn't take them pick 40. Maybe pick 75. You want to make sure you get them. Um, but I think you have to. You don't have to, you don't want to use ADPs or draft sheet, but you sure as heck want to know where it is as, as you make picks. Yeah, uh, that's absolutely right. And moreover, I mean, the players who are playing against are better than ever, too. Uh, I, I there really is no doubt about that. that. I I really yeah. think that's the biggest thing. I think that I think that winning in a, in a main event is, is harder than it was five years ago, and way harder than it was ten years ago. Yeah, it's just, it's just follows the evolution of poker, right? Um, yeah, more informed, more technically savvy. Um, not as old as I am, so they're not as forgetful. Um, they're they're you know. All of these things are true. Um, you know, I, I, granted, I mean, I, I still think there are problems with ADP in certain instances. Uh, yeah. There's, I and I think one thing that it doesn't do a good job of encapsulating is like draft position. If you're drafting on one of the ends, I mean, ADP is less useful. Yeah. I, I think because you got to get your guy more often than not, and if you do that, then you're throwing off the ADP a little bit too. Yeah. Um, so I, I think that's interesting. But I, I mean, there, I think there's a lot of valuable information, especially. I think early on, I think it's it's helpful uh, when you're still trying to figure out some draft pockets and things of that nature. I think the later we get in the draft season, the more we like our guys, the more we're set on the players we're set on, it's going to be less important. And, and you'll see that in main events too, where people start striking out a little bit more and being a little more courageous in taking their players, getting yeah. their guys. And I think you also get to the point in March where everybody is prepped and they know who they like. I think a lot of times in November, December, January, you're like, yeah. I don't know who I fully love yet, but let me kind of figure that out. People figure out as they go along. Everybody in March knows who their guys yeah. are. Everybody know in March knows who they want to target. Everybody in March knows who they have to pick up and push up two rounds to get. And you're right. There's a lot. I mean, there's a lot of AB is still valuable in there, but it goes in the in like the live drafts in Vegas. A lot of that gets tossed out the window. There are if I really want someone, I'm going way earlier in a, in a draft like that than I would in a, a regular draft, you know, a DC or even an online main. I think that the Vegas main, um, people love to say their guy's name out loud. I think that's true. I yeah. think that's true. And I think there are some that love setting eight early min picks. Some that love yep. saying, I can't believe I got them this late. And yep. by the way, they, I might fall in the latter category. And I, I will say that it hasn't actually worked out that well for me. I would say the time that ADP hurts me is when I find myself, uh, I've done the research. I don't like someone at ADP. I really like their profile. And I take them anyway, because, oh my gosh, he's 30 picks past ADP. Now is the time to take him and he doesn't do well. And that's the most frustrating miss to me. Yeah, and well, and then the court. Then right after that, there's a you miss out on a player you do like because yeah. you took the bargain, right? And everyone, I mean, I'm, I'm sure we remember the times the bargain don't work out, and the time we're like, oh, well, that worked out really well. But there are, if you don't like a player, I mean, there's always a spot you'll take them, but don't just do it because it's 20 picks past. Like, there's a spot you'll take somebody, but if you've done your research and your work, you got to trust that at some point. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah. it's not very fun. Like, it's just the fun part for me is identifying someone, finding them, and having them work out. And that's, I mean, that's the fun part. It's the fun part of this game is, uh, you know, being right on somebody that you kind of discovered. Yep. Yep. That's right. So let's talk, uh, let's talk some corner infielders. I think we'll kind of, as we go along here, we'll do, uh, you know, as we go along through the preseason, we'll do some strategy talk. We'll do some positions. We'll do some, you know, post 200. We'll do some starting pitching bargains. We'll do all kinds of stuff, but let's talk about corners. But first a note from our sponsors at Fantrax. Fantrax is the most customizable fantasy platform in the industry. 
offering the greatest fantasy experience for your dynasty, keeper, redraft, and best ball leagues. Coming from another service, Fantrax makes that easy as well. Fantrax can import any of your current leagues and customize if needed. Fantrax offers the most in-depth player pool in the industry, including minor league players. If you need a customizable commissioner, commissioner service for your fantasy league, Fantrax offers more customization than any other platform. Waivers, different categories, scoring system, you can play different schedules, uh, dynasty leagues, whatever it may be. Fantrax offers custom solutions for all that and more. And it's all free. Sign up for free today and get entered to win an official Major League Baseball signed jersey from Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Sign up to Fantrax.com slash Rotowire and sign up today. That's F-A-N-T-R-A-X.com slash Rotowire. Fantrax, the home of fantasy sports. So, Jeff, I picked out some names as I was going through kind of studying the corners of names that I kind of thought were interesting. I'm going to jump around. I'm going to start at the top of ADP, but kind of jump through. We'll do first baseman and first and third baseman as we go along here. Uh, I'm using the last 30 days of ADP. Uh, I did it a couple days ago, so it might be a number or two off, but really close. Uh, first guy I want to talk about, uh, Pete Alonso is an interesting one. His ADP is about uh, 27, 28, somewhere in there. Uh, another huge power year, 46 home runs, 118 RBI. But, man, Pete Alonso hit 271 in 2022 and 217 last year. Uh, Babbitt killed his season. He had a, he had a 205 Babbitt last year. Pretty crazy. Uh, but you look, there, there's a little bit more there, too, than just the Babbitt. But hard hit rate fell under 40%. The Ks uh, popped back up a little bit to 23%. Uh, you know, the barrel rate's still really good. He hits a lot of fly balls, so you're going to get the home runs. Uh, what do you feel about Alonso at the price? 28 is a, a second-round pick in a 15-teamer, a third-round in a 12-teamer. Um, you know, obviously the bit of Babbitt's coming back a little bit, but where do you feel, what do you feel about him at the price, which is a, it was a pretty steep one. My price is actually at 24, at least according to my projections. I All mean, right. I'm, and I actually might've even had him a little higher before, but here's the thing, you know, it, it, the Babbitt hurt him, but you know what really hurt him? Getting hurt, breaking a wrist and coming yeah. back after like 12 days or 10 days. Um, it was, well, it was a bone bruise and a sprain in his left wrist. That's what was official. He was terrible after he came back from the injury. Terrible. Probably not fun to hit 97 in when you have a sprained wrist. Yeah. Just, I, I think it's, uh, I think it's, it's, it's pretty easy to correlate the two. I mean, and I, he still hit 46 homers. Yeah. Despite all that, uh, you know, he does strike out a lot and I will say this is one thing. It's a trade-off. If you're going to draft Pete Alonso in the second round, you're not getting any speed, and you might be putting batting average at risk. These are two things that are true. Um, we just talked about, you know, how many stolen bases we we needed last year. Right. Talked about, uh, you know, it, it's tough to spend an early draft pick knowing you might hurt your batting average. So I, I get the people that don't want to take them in that range. I also find you can't have enough power. I mean, yeah. I it's – if you start – I guess it kind of depends. If say you start off Corbin Carroll in the first round, Alonso's a nice match for that. Yeah, and that, that's a good point. You know, picking in the first couple rounds, like you want you want those picks to match up a little bit. You've got uh, you know he you match up really well with Carroll. Probably matches up well with Julio. He matches up well with anybody that kind of a speed power guy. But Carroll especially true because you're probably gonna get more speed than power. But I mean, there's no bigger if you had to like pick like locks for 42 home runs. Like Alonso's a top probably top three on that mm-hmm. list along with maybe. God, probably Otani and Matt Olson, maybe something like that. But I mean, that's uh, you're talking the the the, the mid forty home runs. He's probably the most likely guy to land in there. I think the injury point the injury point is really important because I uh, you know if without that injury you look at the hard contact and that's concerning. I mean, under fifty percentile hard contact for Pete Alonso is like oh, what's going on here. But 
if he if he hits the injury, then suddenly you know he's a guy that uh, can can flip that back pretty quick. I mean, hard contact's never been a hard contact was not a problem for him the year before. He was seventy fifth percentile. Barrow is eighty six percentile in twenty twenty two. So. I don't know if I'm taking him in the second round, but uh, I think that you're the injury point you make is the key to me. Like I think mm-hmm. that uh, we saw that uh, this is still a stud, and probably uh, the injury just uh, just killed his a lot of his stats last year. It did. I'll say this though too: um, you got to believe that the injury is a big driver of that sunken batting average, because otherwise he's Kyle Schwarber. You're getting a pick eighty. Yeah, true. And, and granted, from a different position, but you know. You know, if you're going to get low average power, you might as well take Schwarber. I mean, he had 271 in 2022. He had 262 in 2021. I mean, a 205 BABIP is just such an extreme, like... Seems like an outlier. Yeah, It's like a fifth percentile, like, outlook. I mean, it's just, it's so low. And I just think the hard, for me, is all the hard contact. Under 40% is a big flag to me, except for the fact that he had a wrist injury. Like, I think you just can't mm-hmm. swing and hit the ball as hard as you want to. The bail rate was still there, 14.7%. Um I think he's a power lock, and I think he's more likely to hit 250 than 217. And there's a chance he gets traded. And I I think that typically bodes well. He may not want to get traded, and so that might not be great. But ballpark-wise, it's definitely good. What are the Mets doing? Good question. Do we do we know? Like I excellent question, my you, friend. Usually we know, like trying to win, trying not to win, clearly tanking. Like I I mean it. The thing with Alonzo, he's a free agent after this year. So, like, he's a – if they're not contending on, like, July 15th, like, that's a huge mm-hmm. trade target, right? Right. Because, I mean, he's – even if you want to – even if you want him back, you just can trade him and sign him back. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. The Mets – you get, you hear the things like they're trying to compete in a year or two, and that's kind of weird. But I have, I don't know what they're doing either. Yeah. I mean, our most recent note on him is no extensions forthcoming. Um, yeah. That – I mean – I, I think a trade is almost likely if, unless the Mets get off to a great start, which they could, but they could, know. but you look at their lineup and rotation. It does not look like they are remotely close to contending. Yeah. They have a lot of threes in that rotation and Senga who's awesome. Do, I would say, do they, or do they have like fours and fives? Yeah. Okay. They have a one and a four. <laughs> I mean, if you they have at, Lindor, yeah. I mean, th- this is a weird team. I mean, they've got Lindor. Uh, yeah. They got they got some pretty bad uh, starting pitching. They got Nemo, uh, you know, who looks like you know he could be cleared. You know, it looks like he's gonna be clear. Um, they've got these young guys too, Beatty and Vientos that yep. you know could be really good. After you know, how many times do we see a player struggle in the rookie year and then bounce? You know, have a really big second year. Um, I like I like Vientos a lot. When we talk about guys later in the draft, I mean, fifty one percent hard hit rate last year and two hundred thirty playing appearances. A pretty good chunk of time, so a decent sample. Um, mm-hmm. strikes out too much. There's no doubt about that, but like a late power guy, um, I think he's going to run into 20 plus home runs if he plays. And I assume he plays. There's no reason for him not to play. Yeah. Um, that's absolutely true. The other thing too, is, I mean, they're, they've got Diaz back this year. Uh, yep. You know, how many games did they blow from their bullpen too last year? I mean, that's kind of like, that's kind of dumb luck sometimes, you know, when you have these late blown leads and all that, not all dumb luck, you know what I mean? But, yeah. uh, same time. I mean, I think it's, Probably a better bullpen. You know, Senga, Quintana can be okay. Minaya, I don't know. Maybe not. Severino. I mean, there's a lot of, like, if you squint, you can see the upside type of guys. I was about to make fun of you for saying that, Ben Quintana, and his ERA last two years have been actually been really good. Yeah. 
Yeah. Severino, I mean, Severino was considered a stud at one point. He wasn't yeah. obviously last year, and he may never ever bounce back. We'll see. Francisco Alvarez hit for a ton of power, really tanked in the second half, but he he could take another leap up. I mean, there, there's this you, isn't yeah, a terrible roster. You're right. You can squint and see a, a, a team that's you know 500 at the break and has a chance. Oh, to I do think better than yeah. that. Yeah, I think better than that. They're not. Maybe John says they're the new A's. Maybe not the like the last two years A's, but maybe before the the A's that were always hovering around contention. Maybe, but who are yeah. who are these A's you speak of? Uh, the team that uh, is going to go back to Oakland after the, Vegas rejects them. They're they're not coming back. I think it was Salt Lake City or something. I don't know what's happening. Yeah, I hear that's where they're thinking about playing their games in twenty five. The, yeah. the Vegas thing is such a mess. It is such a mess. Um, oh, yeah, I've been reading up on it. It's it's crazy. It's uh, it breaks my heart. Let me tell you, Jeff. I really feel bad for yeah. him. Um, Sell the team. Let's uh, let's talk about an interesting, uh, fun guy here about pick fifty. Uh, Royce Lewis in Minnesota, um, who, who seemingly hit a grand slam every day in the last month last year. It was crazy that stretch he was on. But uh, 309, 15 home runs, fifty two RBI last year, six stolen bases. You know, I think the the thing with Lewis is can he stay healthy? He's had a, he's had a bunch of injury issues, but you know, hits the ball pretty hard. Forty one half percent hard hit rate. Barrel rate was good at eleven point seven percent. Solid K rate for a young guy, twenty three percent. You know, not a not a not a not a big number. Not one you worry about. Um, he ran some of the minors. I assume the big running game is probably gone with all these injuries, and you know they want him to hit. They probably don't really want him to run. He's a, he's a polarizing one here because he's probably the three four turn. Especially by the time we come to main event, he's going to get pushed up a little bit. He'll be a sexy name. I wonder if he has to steal bases a little bit to earn that price, though. Yeah, um, he stole six though in fifty eight games. So he can. If he steals, I've got him for 11 um, in my projections. ATC's got him for 13. I think some of that's projection time-based. Uh, but, you know, the question for me is how much playing time does he get? How how healthy can he be? I think, say, if he's healthy as a horse, then I think he'll run. If not, then he could go. He could get you one stolen base. I mean, that that's the problem. He could get hurt again, and they could say, okay, you're getting the Buxton treatment. You're not running anymore. That that's definitely in the range of outcomes. What's your uh, what's your home run projection on him? Because he had he had 15 and 58 games last year. He was on fire in the, in the second it's half. It's a little modest, actually. 24 and 124 games. That kind of lines up with most of the stuff I've seen. I think the steamer has him like 29, but everybody's kind of everybody seems to be in the mid-20s. Yeah. Um again, and I only have him for 124 games. So I don't it, think, but like what you just said, I don't think 25 and 12 and he hits 265 works at that price. I've got him at 285. All right, that works a little bit more, but I still think he hit 309 last year. He hit 309 last year, 354 Babip. Uh, yeah, three, yeah, maybe 285 does work. Yeah, um, he, he could but make. 20, he could seem to make a little more. 12 contact. is like uh, I don't know if that works. The price. I really like the player. I just uh, I'm a little wary at the price, to be honest. I get it. I get it. I think my price is like eight, like a half round behind him, but that gets him sometimes. You know. Um, exit probably, velocity probably doesn't nine. get him at the live draft table. I think somebody's going to want to say that name out loud too. It could be, you know, especially if he's ripping it up in spring. Yeah. Uh, I, I think if he, if he's like crushing it in spring and running and more importantly, if he's running in spring, huh, yeah, then you're going to see him in yeah. the third round. Cause if he steals um, 18 bases, then I think suddenly you've got a freaking stud in your hands and that he's got that in his game. I just don't know if he'll do it with the, with all the injuries he's had the last few years. Yeah, I, I hear you on that. Um, like I, I don't know if they just want – I don't even know if they want him to do it. Like, is it worth – I mean, he's so valuable to them. He's going to hit in the middle order for them. 
I just and it's they've been leg injuries too. Like I just worry that fantasy wise, um, if I were the Twins, I probably wouldn't want him stealing twenty. Rocco's uh, and Rocco is not a big stolen base guy too. Um, that's yeah. the other thing. You know, third base is not super deep though. Um, so that might be like a point in favor of kind of pushing him up in that fourth round. You know, if you, I think it's a, get him in the fourth round. Fine. Don't push to get him in the third. I don't know, but that seems like a silly rubric to me. I don't know. Uh, it's one way, but let's look yeah, at it. It depends, it depends what you're picking too. Like if you're in the middle of the draft, that's a lot of spots. If you're in the yeah. end, if you're the star of the draft, that's not very many spots. I mean, after him, it kind of drops off there. At th- Sorry. You know, if, you're at the, if you're at the back of the draft, that's not many spots. Yeah. After him at third base, it kind of drops off. Like Jose Ramirez, Austin Riley, Devers, Gunner, um, Ellie's gone. Ellie qualifies there. He's going to be gone by then. Machado, I don't know what people are going to do with him. I think I've got him ranked higher than where he goes sometimes. Not that's sure a, about that's it. A, that's like a 15 to 20 spot drop between Lewis and Machado. Yeah, I think I have Machado over Lewis, so there you go. But There's only, um, there's only seven third basemen in the top 80 of the draft. Yeah, but that's that's kind of my point, too. Yeah. It, it, there's a drop off there. Uh, what do you do with you know like someone like Spencer Steer or, you know, Oh, we're we're getting there, Jeff. We're getting. Yeah, there. I know, I know. I'm just I'm spit I, I'm spitballing, but it point is it. You're third right. It's almost scarcer than second or short. Maybe not second, but point is uh, it it's a worth it's worth kind of considering the good the the like I want to make sure I get one of the better third basemen because I don't love too many of them later. Yeah, that uh, that does make sense. Um, next guy on my list is someone who doesn't have a team yet, which is kind of wild. But uh, th- this has been a been a weird baseball offseason it's just weird how so weird how baseball does like the nba and the nfl like free agent signing days this huge deal like everybody signs within five minutes of the deadline it seems like and they make it a huge deal we've got like five months in baseball and then cody bellinger's not signed blake snell's not signed jordan montgomery's not signed it's really strange we're like i mean there's we see clips of otani hitting home runs in camp like these there's like nine major <laughs> legitimate major leaguers still unsigned right now it's, i mean there's so strange yeah, depending on how you classify Tim one home run Anderson as a legitimate major leaguer, major leaguer. I think you know exactly where I classify Tim Anderson. Yeah, I know you do. I know. I that, that was done for uh, dramatic purpose, but uh, you know, like JD Martinez is on sign. Yeah, um, what a huge year. Jorge, yeah. Jorge Soler is on huge year also. I read yeah, a quote probably. today that he and the Giants are in a staring match right now. What the hell does that mean? <laughs> I have no idea. It sounded fun though. Yeah, I mean the Giants should be signing Bellinger, and or the Cubs should one of the two, but. I th- but key, I think three of those guys are, are Boris clients, which might explain some of it. But come on, I mean, this is, used to be when we did the magazine. It was it was, was go to press like a week ago. We'd right. be at the industry conference, sweating it out, hoping that they'd sign so we could get them in the magazine. Yep. Now there's like nine or ten guys. So let's talk about Bellinger. Obviously, he had a huge uh, bounce back. He left the Dodgers, hit two ten that year after hitting one sixty five in twenty twenty one. Big year with the Cubs, and it is a full like change of everything that he did. He hit 2307, 26 home runs, 20 stolen bases, but uh, he dropped his K rate 12% last year. He went from 27.3% to 15.6%, but he did it. You, you could you can see he changed everything he did. I mean, his hard hit rate was when 38% to 31%. He is a um, 10th percentile hard hit rate guy last year. He is a uh, 28th percentile barrel guy, 6%. He dropped his swing and strike rate from 12% to 9%. Like, you can actually, like, look at his numbers and see that he changes the pro. Sometimes you can't tell with guys and Babbitt changes stuff and stuff moves around. But you can very much tell that he very much tried to not strike out, 
He tried to make contact. He tried to put the ball in play. I think he probably heard about hitting 165 and 210 for two years and heard about that. Um, he had a 319 batting, which was his career high, but that's not a huge number that like makes up the batting average. But you look at like a stat cast page kind of guy, you look at everything, it's pretty blah. Um, so does he sign and like start to hit home runs again? Does he sign and start to and keep this approach? Does he sign and um, strike out a little bit more? What do you think happens with Bellinger? Because his ADP is 55 right now, and just the unknown on him makes me think that I'm just going to take somebody else in the fourth round. He was a perfect take the discount guy last year, and a perfect yeah. I don't know what the hell's gonna he's gonna do this year sort of guy. So I'll probably let somebody else pay that price. Um, yeah, I my my inclination is to well I don't know I mean ADP isn't that crazy like he's well fifty five I guess that is kind of it, I'm talking in circles here. Bear with me for a sec. <laughs> uh, I think I'd probably go. I'd probably wait at least 10 picks beyond ADP, but I wouldn't wait. I wouldn't mind taking him. If he signs with the Cubs, I'm going to sign. I'm going to, I'm going to go after him. Yeah. I signs, should say that like, depending, it dep- a lot depends on where he signs. I mean, he could sign. Yeah, if he signs with the Giants, I'm going to wait to like pick a hundred, yeah. maybe more. If he, signs, if he signs with the Reds and that's a completely different thing. Cause you got the ballpark. And I mean, just use, I'm using the Reds example. I know they're going to spend the money. But, <laughs> Why the hell would they sign him? I mean, I'm using, a, I'm using a crazy ballpark example as, as an extreme yeah. example. If he signs with the Rockies or something, but um, as it is a neutral park, whatever. Maybe, I just think there's too much. Like I just don't know what we're getting, and I that's not what I want to do in the fourth round. I think that's fair. I think that's a fair construction. Um, Move. Oh, he's capable of being a first round player, though. I mean, that, absolutely. We've seen it. Yeah. Um, sure. But I don't know. 20, 26, 20 and hit three hundred seven and had ninety five runs and ninety seven RBIs last year. He was a monster. Yeah, but yeah, I, I think I'm probably inclined to needing a discount on him, but not being afraid of taking the discount. How about that? I think that's a fair statement. That's good to know that it's not someone you don't want. It's just someone you want maybe a little bit later. That's that's yep. good. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. 
That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash wire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Uh, let's jump back a little ways. You mentioned there's uh, you know some few guys in the middle. You know, there's some boring guys in the middle. I think we, we kind of know what they're going to do, you know. Machado, Goldschmidt, Christian Walker, Bregman, Arenado. I want to talk about a few of the uh, the younger, more um, you know, kind of sexy, interesting guys a little bit behind them. We've got uh, three of them in a row. We've got Tristan Casas, we got Spencer Steer, and we got uh, Josh Young. Talk about Casas in, in Boston first. Really strong first full year in the majors, 263, 24 home runs. Uh, his K rate was 25%. I think he's one of those guys that like we're going to see a first time through the majors thing, he's going to adjust that. His, his, his strikeout numbers were lower in the minors. I think it's going to, I think that's going to bounce out. I like those decays to come down. The K rate was still really strong. You know, we knew he's an OBP guy, 13.9% walk rate, really good there. Um, good hard hit rate, really good barrel rate, 86 percentile there. Look at the stat cast page, kind of the opposite of Bellinger. You look at it, everything jumps off in bright red. Mm-hmm. His ADP is about 103. So we're talking like the 7 8 turn to 15 teamer. Um, you know, you're getting zero stolen bases. So you have to consider that. But uh, right. He's someone that uh, I do really like at that price. If I've you know I've gotten up stolen bases where I could take someone like this, he doesn't grade out well in projection systems, and uh, because of the zero stolen bases, I yep. mean I think that's it's it's not just ah uh, you're not going to get many. It's no, no it's zero none. Yeah, um, and that that's kind of the thing. If you like Tristan Cases, and I do, I like him. I, I mean I love him in AL Tout Wars where it's OBP instead of batting average, especially. Sure. But yeah. um, if you like him there, um, you better get your stolen bases early. Then that that's the one where you have to kind of plan ahead. Like, okay, I'm going to pass on Lonzo. I'm going to pass on this other early first baseman because I know I'm going to get cases. I'm going to make sure I get my stolen bases somewhere. You're going to get some pitching in there too. Uh, by the way, um, at least so, at least it's a corner, so it's a spot where you can probably stomach, yeah. uh, uh, you know, a zero stolen base guy. But I just think I think he's going to get better too. I think the strikeouts yeah. going to come down. I think the batting average is going to go up. I just love his approach, and he just the hard contact's really good. Thirteen percent barrel rate. I mean, it's so good. Um, I think he becomes like a thirty home run, ninety RBI, two seventy five gun. I, I really like that at the price. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I think so too. What I think, you know, I was talking about like the range in your draft, you don't want to be in a position where you really like a guy, but you can't take him because of the way your roster is constructed. Yeah. I think that's the the best way. So knowing that this is pushing me towards wanting to get those stolen bases earlier. Um, maybe that means I don't take Pete Alonso at at my price. Maybe just because I know that consequence, uh, because I I don't want to have to be, well, first of all, I mean, it's that position. Um, but, uh, I, I don't want to, you know, don't, don't want to miss out on players that I've kind of targeted just because of this, but, and especially first baseman, that's always the case, right? There, that's yeah. the position most like that and catcher the most positions, most likely where you're going to get the zero there. So if you like a later first baseman, you know, unless you're filling up your corners early, don't take your then earlier first baseman. 
So that's a really good segue into our next guy here because he is a corner infielder with some stolen bases. It's uh, your friend in Cincinnati, Spencer Steer. Uh, 15 stolen bases last year. He's eligible at first and third. Is he eligible in the outfield? Too? Outfield, too. Outfield, yeah. That's what I thought. So, and that's, first, where, that's his position now. Yeah. That's, and that's where he's going to be playing is the outfield. So, they signed Candelario for reasons. And uh, <laughs> I, I really don't get why they signed Candelario, but reasons is works. Uh, yeah. But Steer's interesting to me because you look and he had, it's stolen bases that are propping his price up. Stolen bases at a corner um, is really nice. I think you probably take and you probably play him at third base. We talked about third base, probably the, the weakest of those three positions. But having the guy that can play you know, third, first, corner, and outfield is, is really valuable. Um, 50, 50 stolen bases is good there. He's a, he's a solid strikeout guy, 21%. He walks a, walks a good amount, 10% there. Uh, obviously, he's the, the best home park for uh, for home runs in the league, which is you know helps for a guy that – Really mm-hmm. doesn't have a lot of hard contact. The the hitting metrics are do not do not love him. He's a 26th percentile hard hit, 30 32nd percentile barrel guy. But so the park is someone that helps someone like that. Um stat cast page is unimpressive. There's no doubt about that. But the home park's nice, the stolen bases are nice, the corner or the corner, all the eligibility is nice. You're the Reds fan. Uh tell me what you think about steer at the ADP 105. So I got into a discussion on Twitter and um I'll I'll find it to get proper attribution. It's, but it's never a good idea to get a discussion on Twitter, Jeff. No, baseball player discussions are fine. Um, but uh, yeah, the thing is, and the problem is, that searching your history is just worthless now because of all the bots that follow and like old posts and things like that. It's just uh, I get I get the most random random bots on like liking things from like six months ago that wasn't even worth likable. I'm like, what is going? Yeah, on? I mean, it's one thing. It's bad enough to get the porn bots. Now you're getting the gambling bots too. So oh, yeah. Uh, I, I hate those even more. Point is, I'm I'm higher than these guys were on okay. Steer, and it made me think about him a little bit more. Tell, tell, now, I would say, tell, I'd like you to tell me why, because I am not high. That wasn't high enough when I first looked. Yeah, I, it's it's the park contest. It's the three positions. It's the they get the fact that I'm getting some bags there. Yeah, I think he's going to play. I know last year he wasn't as challenged as much for playing time. If he slumps he will get challenged more for playing time because the Reds are kind of producing hitters out of their ears. Um, and that's a, that's a good problem to have. But I, I also kind of think that he's kind of made now in Cincy too. So we'll so see. He, Maybe he's, he's not gonna made play, He plays left field, Yeah. right? Yeah, and he's the only right-handed hitter among their outfielders too, really. So Because I think their infield is stacked, but their outfield's a little less stacked. Does that be a fair statement? He, it is, but yet they're still squeezing the outfield too because there's Friedel, there's yeah. Fraley, there's Benson and Steer. D, you know, first base DH is kind of you know in second base are all kind of clogged up. McLean's at second more often. India just signed a two year deal, but it's like two years and eight mil, so it's not really that prohibitive. Is they, is Encarnacion Strand not even a starter right now? Then that is the debate, and I'd be super angry if that's the case. But Candelario is there. Um, and Canacion Strand needs to play. Marte's coming off a winter league injury. I don't know if maybe that opens up some playing time somehow, somewhere. Yeah. Ellie is the is probably got like only a five percent chance of getting sent down, but it's there. Um, is it really? Getting, is it really five percent? Maybe it's two percent. But okay. the point is, if he slumps as badly as he did his last last two months of the season, they have alternatives. But that has to happen in the first three weeks of the season, not like in spring training, correct? Yeah. Um, he can't. I, right? he, I, he can't. He can't lose that job in spring training, right? I mean, if he's striking out against everybody in spring training, why would you think he wouldn't strike out in the regular season? Yeah, I, I just didn't. Know, I didn't know you're the Reds guy. I just didn't know if they'd give him a I six-week runway no matter what. Super, 
I think it's less likely that he slumps in spring training, though. I mean, at the same time, because we're going quality... to talk about him. I put him in the middle back, but he's the guy that I think the ADP. Oh, I know everybody's talking about it. But it's, the ADP still still stays there. I just I can't fathom taking him at pick twenty four. It's because Bobby Witt did what he did last year, um, yeah. and you you don't want to miss on that, and right? I mean, you the, don't... Ta- the talent is sky high. I mean, we've all seen the the, the pure sprint speed, the pure yeah. power. I mean, it's. I mean, it's it's there. It's palpable. Um, we and we've not, also seen also, him adjust at the minor league level, too. Yeah. We're also not playing in the dynasty league, though. He has to do it this year. And, I'm aware and of that. Those, those strikeouts are massive. And you can look at my rankings, and he's not where – he's below ADP. I'll just okay. say that. Man, he's fun, though. He is. I want to root for him, but maybe not on my roster. Cannon, too, by the way. Yes. He, it's, it's, all, it's all fun. Yeah. But yeah, you look at their infield. I mean, it's 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 really crowded. The the Candelario signing really kind of pushed everybody to. There's an extra guy in there, and it's uh, it's tough to figure out. There's someone's gonna have to sit, whether it's Marte or CES or India. Someone's got to sit, right? It's not gonna be India. He just signed a deal, like you said. Well, it may be like a trade friendly deal. That's the thing. Um, I Encarnacion Strand is so good that I'm gonna be angry if they bench him, let alone set him down, um, because he's just too good. He's better. He's a better hitter than India right now. He's a better hitter than I think. I think he's a better hitter than Candelario right now. We'll see. I mean, India was really good in his rookie year, and he's been hurt a lot, and that impacts his production. That he's a leader. Blah blah blah. Encarnacion Strand can just rake. Yeah, I mean, he, and Marte can rake. You he know, came up. He came up, and CES came up and hit. Like he hit 270, 13 home runs. Hit the ball hard. I know he struck out too much. That'll probably adjust second time through. Like I think he just let the dude play. Like he's. He's one of your nine best hitters. Let's let him play. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. That's my that's my approach. And I'm drafting uh, the, him, by the way. So. Oh, well, I like that. What's it? What is? It? I don't even know what is CES. His ADP is 142. That's not that cheap. I, I thought it was a little cheap. bit further down. No. Yeah, it's not. He's got. He's got. He's got to play for that price. He's got to play almost every day for that price. Yeah. Uh, this other guy in this range here, uh, Josh Young in uh, Texas, had a uh, had a nice year. Two twenty three home runs, seventy RBIs, hit two sixty six. Uh, another guy, really nice hard hit rate, nice barrel rate, hits the ball hard. A lot of those hitting the hitting stats are all look really good. Um, the strikeout issues are there still, although he dropped them. You know, his first cup of coffee in the majors, he really struck out a ton. It was like thirty eight percent. It was like Joey Gallo level. He went down to twenty nine percent last year, which is still way too high. But you know, he could, you could see the adjustments being made. Um, doesn't walk a ton, so you know, batting average is always going to be a little bit of risk with a lot of strikeouts and not many walks. Another guy that Statcast page is really nice. I think you you know the power's there, the power's real. He's at the same price. These guys are all in the same spot: one hundred four, one hundred six, and one hundred two. Casas, Steer, and and Josh Young. Uh, how do you feel about uh, Josh Young? We're talking about kind of the three guys in this range. I, I think he's at price. Um, I think that's about where he should go. Again, minimal is this a, a, a scintilla more of stolen base potential than Casas, less than Steer. Obviously, I think there's higher power uh, upside with Josh Young. I I think there's a universe where he hits 35. I don't yep. think Steer has that universe. Casas uh, might. Casas um, has the best batting eye of the three. Um, if you're at this turn and you need a first baseman or a corner infielder or whatever you need here, what uh, which of the three is the top of your list? Uh, you got to make me choose. I kind of have to make you choose. I know. I'm you aware me, of you that. Want me to, you want me to choose first? Uh, I think 
I'm uh, not... I'm I'm Casey's young steer in that order. Okay, I, I think that's what most people are going to end up going. I think I I might go young first, but uh, no, 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 okay. But I can see it. I think steer probably is third, um, just because of the risk. I think they're uh, cases and young have no real threat on playing time. Yeah, steer has less pe- initial pedigree. I think steer also. You know, I I remember the the gist of the steer conversation is he outperformed his expectations, and also hit it, and then maybe early ADP is outpacing later ADP. We'll see about that. I think I think steer might start to drop a little bit. We'll see. Except I think Which you're going to have. You're going to have that team then that spot is like, ooh, I need a corner and I need steals. And then he's kind of, he kind of works out too. So I think that you, team contest is going to matter in there. But, uh, you know, without, in a vacuum, I, I'd go that order. But yeah, uh, inter- it's an interesting range. And you kind of got the, 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 the kind of the fourth guy right at the engine's range I want to talk about is another young guy, uh, Spencer Torkelson. AP is 118. Uh, rough first half, rough first start, first year in 2022, but he really turned it on the second half last year. Finished with 31.94. It was kind of quiet because he was in Detroit um, and he did it late in the year, kind of struggled early. But man, this is a guy that was just massive contract, massive hard contact, 50, 50.5% hard hit rate, 14% rail rate. I mean, the power is absolutely legit. And a 25% strikeout rate. He's, he's lower than some of these other guys we talked about that are really, really high. 25% is, you'd like to see it come down a little bit, but that's fairly workable. Um, the yep. interesting thing with him is you look at the stat cast numbers, he's 80th percentile in chase rate on the positive. So he's like, he doesn't chase after pitches and he's only 52% whiff rate. So I think the strikeouts actually might improve. The fact is in chase, I like that a lot. His expected batting average on stack here was 253. You take that over the 233 and suddenly you go, you get 250 with 30 and 90. We're talking a really good player here. Um, ADP is 118. I think that there's a floor here. I actually think there's a ceiling here too. Uh, I really like Torkelson this year. I liked him last year and I like him more this year, obviously. Yeah, I might be a little under on him. He played 159 games last year, which is going to kind of throw off a little bit there. He had 684 Uh, plate appearances. Wow. Yeah. Um, And I think Todd Zola was talking about this last year, that a lot of people accumulate a ton of plate appearances, more than you expected, um, and how that might affect projections going forward. Torkelson's a perfect example of that. I mean, is he going to stay that healthy going forward? I don't know. Um, I might discount him a little bit on that. I've got him at 238. That, that might be a little ungenerous uh, given his second half. Um, I think you're right. If he hits 250, he's worth it. Um, yeah. He's also capable of hitting 220, though. I mean, I, that that's the one thing I don't. Ah, I mean, I he might he might be he might have turned enough of a corner there that I, I might be a little ungenerous. But you know, his contact percentage actually went down last year from his rookie year. Um, just ever so slightly K rate actually went and K it went 24 and a half to 25%. Yeah, it was uh, up a little bit. Yeah. Um, and you're not going to get, you're not getting leg hits out of him. No, he's never going to be a high bat up guy. You're not, I mean, another guy that you're getting no stolen bases out of him. He had three last year, but I, three might end up his career high. He's not going to steal many more than that. Um, I just think this is, I mean, he's 24. He's a first overall pick. I mean, this is a stud pedigree guy. Yeah. That came on late last year was raking, and I just I mean he hits the ball so hard. I think he's just going to fall into thirty home runs, and um, if he can just figure out the strikeouts a little bit, he doesn't chase. I really like that. Um, I think two fifty, two fifty five is in play. I think he he smokes his ADP if he hits two fifty five. Yeah, home home park still crushes him though. At it home, tough. Eleven homers at home, hit two nineteen at home last year. Um, that, that's that's problematic because still gets to play half his games at home, balanced schedule or not. Yep. 
That is uh, that is true. That uh, that center and right center field is is massive at that park. Yeah. Um, let's jump back a little bit with a few more guys before we uh, jump out of here. A couple guys in the same ish range, one fifty five. Uh, Jake Berger in um, had a big a big breakout last year. Thirty four home runs, eighty RBIs, and five hundred forty plate appearances. Another guy with huge contact, hard contact numbers. He was a sixteen point seven percent barrel rate last year. Just a huge number there. About a fifty percent hard hit rate. Uh, a ton of swing and miss, though. He's a 17% swing strike rate guy, 28% strikeout rate. He never walks, so you're just gonna. It's really gonna be tough. That 250 batting average is probably, well, probably that's probably. Uh, I think that's gonna be a little bit high. I think he might even drop down from that. Um, the power looks very, very real. Uh, maybe he figured something out. He did drop the K rate in the second half. He only has 22% strikeout rate in the second half, so maybe he figured something out. It's always dangerous to just look at a half and kind of kind of break that out, but maybe he figured something out. Uh, ADP is 154. What uh, what say you and Berger in that range? It's about the right range for me. Um, again, I, uh, I started looking at him. I'm like, there's no way I'm taking him at 154. And I looked a little closer, and I think I think all the power. I mean, it has to fit, kind of fit what you do, but I think the power is really real. I mean, he had 34 homers. Yeah. I mean, has to be real, right? Yeah. Um, he slugged 505 with Miami. Um, he, the batting average that took off for him there, and I don't think that's necessarily sustainable, but I think the power is legit. Yeah, I do too. Everything I looked at, I mean, you just look at, you want to talk StatCast page. He's all bright red. Every, he hits everything hard. I think he just, I think you just know exactly what you're getting. I think you're going to get 30, 35 home runs. You're probably going to get 240. And if that works for your team at that spot, you know, if you need home runs, uh, there aren't many guys that hit this many home runs as, as you get this part of the draft. Yeah. Um, team context bothers me a little bit. Um, the Marlins. Yeah, what, what, are the Marlin, what are the Marlins doing? Well, this, they celebrated their improbable run to the playoffs by signing um, Trey Mancini. Uh, that's it. That's the list. They have not. Uh, they wait. They traded for Nick Gordon this week. So, huzzah! Let's go, um, Nick Gordon, guy we were high on two years ago. Hey, or was it last signed, year? Uh, they which. signed. They signed Christian Bethencourt. Yeah, that's true. Also, um, I, I'm <laughs> I'm massively discounting their offseason. Yeah. Sorry, my bad. They really haven't done anything, have they? It's so frustrating because this they didn't spend any money to begin with there. You know? got fun, they got some fun young pitchers. Like, yeah, you just add they probably had to add a starter and one bat, and they could be like, you know, they're not being the Braves, but they could definitely be a wild card team. Yeah, they could be. They could be. Um yeah, I, I, I I'm I'm reading Sean Childs' uh, chat. I'm forgetting which player he's referring to hitting 320, but I, I think uh, it was Torkelson. But the man, yeah. I, I love Torkelson, but I, he's hitting 320. <laughs> yeah, in, in third round in 2025, he says if that's Torque. Yeah, well, I guess you're gonna have to fight him if you're in the same league. Yeah, suddenly uh, I, I better not be in Sean's league because I'm not getting Spencer Torkelson yeah, anymore. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but yeah, Marlins are frustrating because they could be good. I mean, their pitching's fun. Um, they they have some interesting players. I just think they've done. Nothing to support that breakout. And I think the uh, classic thing that people do is when a team surprises someone, they people overlook the potential of them. You know, gravity is a strong force, and that, that likelihood of them pulling them back is there, especially in the NL East. I mean, and granted, I know the schedule is not as imbalanced as it was in the past, but they're still in the same division as the Braves and the, the Phillies, and even the Mets are decent. Yeah. Um, the Nats are over there hanging out, but <laughs> – um, not, not decent, by the way. Yeah, they're 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 not eating pace like the Rockies are. But uh, there's my weekly reference on that. But um, they're they're still doing weird things like trying to sell the team and all that. But until they do that, they're not going to be a real real franchise. 
Uh, yeah, this is it's your. You pointed that out. It's just it's weird how little the Marlins. Their team looks exactly the same as it did last year. Yeah, minus Alcantara. My, that's right, too. Minus Alcantara's out with injury. You're right. That's that's a fair point too. Uh, going back to your Reds, uh, we talked about uh, CES a little bit. We talked about Spencer Steer. Uh, Noelvi Marte is the is the young uh, the young stud coming up now. I mean, I think that it was Ellie last year, and now it's uh, now it's Marte. Although he came up last year, and what he, he had, already came he, up, yeah, 123 yeah. plate appearances. But he's the he's the guy after Ellie that's uh, that's coming in. But um, he uh, he he started out uh, started out pretty well. He hit 316 in the majors, three home runs, six stolen bases, 120 plate appearances. Uh, he was 14 home runs, 24 steals in the minors before that, in about 125 games. Uh, hit the ball hard in the majors. Was not overmatched at all. Forty-six percent hard hit rate. Obviously, a small sample, but you know, came up, hit the ball hard. Uh, only a twenty percent K rate too. You'd love to see that. A young guy coming up to the majors. Uh, I'm gonna let you talk the Reds. The Reds here, like talking about playing time, talking about Marte, Marte's upside. ADP is about one sixty-three. So we're talking the eleventh round in here. What uh, what do you feel about this one? So if you follow my playing time projection, I got him for five hundred fifty-four plate appearances. 163 easily get you know i'm easily there for, i'm in ahead of that uh as far as that goes if he gets if he gets 550 he's a slam dunk for that price yes exactly yeah. if ariel's right at atc he's got him for 461 plate appearances that eight you know adp or lower is the, the proper price i mean i i don't doubt the skills i think the guy can flat out rake and he runs you know he, he had six stolen bases in 35 games with the Reds. The Reds run. Yeah. That's the other thing. It's not, you know, we talked about Steer earlier. You have a manager that allows them to run. He, he gives them the green light. And not just in stolen bases, but taking extra bases on the base pass. means it usually translates into an extra stealing an extra run or two, too, by the way. Um, I think I'm talking about a guy that could go seven, 17, 20. You know, if I have him 17 and 25. That might Oof. be. Yeah, I mean, it might be a little high, but it and hit like a, hit like two eighty or something like that, two seventy five. Yeah, yeah. So that get that gets him easily. Um, easily. So I, that's I mean that's a that's a grab him around early for sure kind of projection, but it, it's so, all the playing time I think. Yeah, and yeah, you're right. It's a we're not playing in a dynasty league, and the league I try, the dynasty league I'm in, I tried to trade for him and couldn't. Um, <laughs> so uh, you know, Brian Feldman uh, will not trade him to me, meanie. Not a very nice human, uh, but no, he's a great human. But, but he's uh, also he's 140 picks past the dynasty guy. I made a comment on that but last time. Like you're talking about a second right. round pick in Dela Cruz or a 11th round pick and a guy that is not doesn't have the upside Dela Cruz right now, but right uh, got a better 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 hit tool for sure. Yeah. So we're gonna thing to watch. He did suffer a hamstring injury in in, in winter ball, six to ten week injury. That was about nine weeks ago. Uh, maybe 10 weeks ago. It's close to that. Uh, so watch to see his status at the beginning of spring training. Obviously, if he's not playing spring training games right away, ratchet that down a little bit there because sure. then he's behind. And the Reds are – hey, the Reds are looking for a reason to find someone to set – you know, <laughs> find someone to, to sit or get sent down as the case may be. Marte so might be uh, that guy. Red spring training, like production and how you guys look. Might Super important. Yeah, it's we talk about spring training, that don't matter. Like it's gonna, there's gonna be someone that's gonna start the year as the kind of the odd man out. Yeah, and, and I think talent wills out when both at CES and with Marte. Yeah, and so I'm saying get them. But that, what I think should happen isn't necessarily what is going to happen. Uh, I will say David Bell's not afraid to play kids. Um, I and if Marte is anywhere close to where he was when he got the call last year, 
then great. You know, or if he's not, then he's Brett Laurie, and I'm an idiot again. But uh, oh, you know, Brett Laurie! Wow, I hadn't heard that name in a while. That that's a throwback to uh, mistakes of Jeff's past. Um, also, mistakes of Billy Bean's past. Yeah, a lot of people. There's a lot of people's girlfriends in that room. Um, but <laughs> I, I think that uh, you know, it's just one of those things where you just, yeah, you know, I, I think there's the talent is real, and so I I want talent. Um, I just find I just find Heimer Kendler is so boring in this mix. Yeah. I mean, boring can sometimes be good. And keep in it mind, can, and I know he was good last year. I do get it, but uh, just so boring. And he's getting into a better hitting environment this year. Yeah. So Keller's WSI plus. I I, I understand him. It's one seventeen last year. Like he's a, he was a pretty good hitter last year. Yeah, and that and he's going to be probably in a decent spot in the order to start. They they paid yeah. him. So how much did he get paid? Play. It's like three and forty or something like that. Um, I, saw, I saw a quote that, that David Bell says he's going to be an every, everyday player. I mean, that doesn't mean anything in January, but I mean, I think yeah, they're going in with the something. When, yeah, they're going to the season when he's at least to start the year. He's a he's a he's their everyday guy. Yeah, um, he he got paid three and forty five. He's oh, going to play. He's playing. Yeah, yeah. So I know that doesn't matter, but it matters. Yeah, con- contrast that to India signing two for eight point eight. I mean. Wow. That means nothing. It's service time obviously matters. Candelario was a straight up free agent, whereas India is they were buying a year of arbitration. But three forty five, he's playing. Yeah, absolutely. That's my point, though. India, yeah, right. India's contract doesn't control. Yeah. Uh, Candelario's does. That's interesting. I didn't. I knew. He, I knew he had the money popped out when he signed. I didn't know it was quite that much. But yeah, he's. You're right. He's playing. Um, Sticking to the NL Central, one last guy at corner I want to talk about before uh, we jump out of here for tonight. Um, Kibrian Hayes is someone that we've uh, I feel like we've been waiting for for multiple years, and you know it's coming. And he had that first year where he he hit three eighty or whatever in his first uh, you know first hundred plate appearances, and then kind of got really boring. Then got hurt. Then got boring. Uh, then stole twenty bases in twenty twenty two. And last year the power finally came. He had fifteen home runs. He only had seven the year before. 15 home runs, uh, 10 stolen bases. The hard hit rate's actually good, 48%. I was surprised by that. Um, doesn't strike out. Dropped a strikeout rate under 20%. Hit 271 last year. ADP's 175, and for the first time, I think I might be in. And he's a weirdly a guy that you're going to get a you're going to get a nice batting average and a decent some decent pop. You're not going to get a lot of home runs, a few stolen bases. He's not very fast, but I think he's good at stealing bases. But he's not very mm-hmm. fast. Uh, we got it's a weird six, combo. He, he got six times last year, so maybe he's not as good as I thought. He was 20. For 25 the year before, but he's only a 46 percentile sprint, 43rd percentile sprint speed. Um, I think the price is about right, though. I think you're going to get a guy that hits 270, and I think he might hit like 20 to 22 home runs, and kind of uh, enough to make this price range work at third base. I think you're almost trading. He's getting he's getting a little bigger, a little stronger, which means he's running worse. Yeah, he might think, run less often. I think uh, six to eight steals are probably the most likely outcome. He only struck out 19.8% of the time, yeah, only at 5.3% like walk rate, though, too. So, I mean, it's, it's interesting. Power came, but it still was a uh, ISO of 182. It wasn't amazing. Um, I like I like the 29% fly ball rate in 2022 up to 39% last year. That's that I do like. I, I'm with I think you on we're, that. we're changing launch angles. We're hitting the ball harder, uh, growing into his body, 27 years old. Um, I don't think a 25 home run season's out of the mix here. I think actually he's gonna he's gonna show some pop this year. I I, right. I I've, I've been I've talked myself into with the price. I think that he's going to be a guy that hits enough home runs that the the batting average is gonna work too. I'm a little lower than you on him, but I, I get the argument. Um, 
he might be one the rare outlier where the age 27 th theory is no longer debunked it's right. actually true again yeah but. it's funny how it's gone from 27 to like 23 or whatever it is now like it's it's, it's wild how things change yeah. but uh uh, for the first year in a while, I, I like I like Brian Hayes. I think that uh, if I need a third baseman in this range, I think he I think he works pretty nicely. Yeah, it's nice to know who your later round third baseman. Yeah. Candelario is, is late too. I mean that that's a guy I probably will consider at yeah, his he's price point. Two, he's two twenty five in ADP, so like the middle of the draft. I mean, you're right. The the, the park context is big with him. I mean, he's going for to a really nice hitter's park. And now that you told me the contract, I, he's playing a lot. Uh, I like that two twenty five also. We'll we'll do a post 200 uh, podcast at some point too, but I think he might be on it. Yeah. I also think I like Mac, Max Muncy in this range too. Um, if you're like looking for mid mid round third baseman, I, I think there's some batting average issues, but I mean, legit power is still there. And yeah. Anyways, I think if he, you're picking between like Muncy, Cabrian Hayes and Isak Paredes, what do you, do you have like a strong preference in there? Muncy over Hayes. Um, I, I need to see it. I need still show me with Hayes before that, before yeah. I take him over someone like Muncie. Um, Paredes is the guy I'm everybody loves him, the, right? The um, weird, the weirdest profile ever, though. Yeah. Um, like hits the ball least hard of anybody in baseball, but had 31 home runs last year. Yeah. I, I've seen it's, a lot of love for him in the air. So that, everything that, he just, one. he just pulls the ball in the air when he hits it hard and it just works for home runs, but like. It's so weird to see 31 home runs with a 28% hard hit rate. He is he's six percentile hard hit rate last year and hit 31 home runs. It's a it's a wild, wild yeah. stat. I didn't really have a whole lot of them last year. Don't know if I'll have a whole lot of them now. I don't know. We'll see. Right I'm now I'm leaving. Pretty now. sure with the way I evaluate and draft that I'm not gonna have any of them, and it may not work, but uh I'm just not buying it. I think he's more likely to hit 18 home runs and 30 again. Yeah, I think that's right, especially with the Rays. They got Common Arrow coming up and I know he's got to force his way in. He, he could play short, uh, but he could play third also or play, you know, because the NDDS is now at first. So Paredes, it's basically, if, if I got that right, I think Andy's at first and Paredes is at third. So we'll see how it works out. But the, the Rays are going to Ray um, and they're going to do certain things and it's going to confound us because they can. And it'll work out for them too. And they're going to win more games than people expect, even despite having big losses. Yep. They, so do, they do every time I've learned just not to doubt, not to count them out anymore. Yeah. I yeah. would go, uh, I'd go Hayes. Oh, I mean, it depends what you need in your team, but I go Hayes over Muncie in a vacuum. I just, I just, I want the 270 instead of the 210. And I think that, uh, I think the home run difference will be 10 rather than 20. Yeah. I can see that. Neither one's going to run. Uh, Muncie's 33. Hayes is 27. Um, Depends what you need. If you need power, I think you have to go Muncie. But if you need kind of a a balance, uh, your team's looking pretty good. And you need some balance. I think I think I go Hayes uh, if I'm going straight up. I think if you've got one low average guy, you can't take Muncie there. Probably agreed there too. I mean, he hit 196 yeah. the year before, so you like you're bringing you bring really low numbers in. He had 212 and 196. You he he hits 240. That's a great a great batting average year. Yeah, you bring Jerry Callo in the play. I mean Joey Gallo, um, but yeah, it, hey. Go as Jason Jablonski says in the forum. He's in he's in DC with plenty of playing time now, no pressure. So, could be there, but that that, is, that's uh, a much later round. Yeah. Cool. Well, uh, I think that wraps up the uh, corners. A lot of really interesting names and some pockets in here that I think are really cool, like how all the young guys are kind of put together, and then you got some gaps in there. And I think it's uh, it's a fun range, but one you have to think about, especially at third base. The points you were breaking about third base is uh, is very true as we went through here. I think that I have to make sure that I that I get one of those guys. Yep. Yep, I like it.
want to thank everybody for listening. We always really appreciate it. Sorry we're a day late uh, this week. I think we'll be back on Sunday next week. Is that right? You can correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, but I have Scarf, so we'll have uh, results to talk about from that. Um, so, so you, so we're, we're going to factor in seven to nine hours for that draft. We might factor in me drafting from home, but I, I prefer to go in person. But I've been. Are you guys? Are you guys in person? You know we, yeah, it, it's in person, but it, I online is an option. I prefer to be in person because I like yeah. seeing those guys. But I'm also all over God's green earth for the last. It's going to be like seven days in a row in a hotel room, so we'll yeah. see. Understood. Okay, we'll figure out a time. We'll be back at you next Sunday. Uh, thanks to Fantrax for the sponsorship of the podcast. We always do appreciate that. Uh, if anyone wants to follow Jeff on Twitter, he's at Jeff underscore Erickson. I am at Scott Jensen. You're finally our free of football tweets. So we'll get, uh, get a lot of baseball going here. Uh, looking forward to prepping, looking forward to getting closer to drafts. So we'll talk to a lot of players here in the next uh, month, month and a half. Look forward to it. Hope everybody has a really good week and we'll see you next Sunday night. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about, but why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.